Glad to have you here today as we wrap up our series, Making Change. Uh, hi to those joining us online. Uh, if you're looking for a program or a message guide, uh, you can find that online at scc.website forward slash messages. You can find the program and also the message guide if you want to follow along that way. So, so far, we've looked at less is more. We took a couple, or uh, took a sermon to talk about that. Then we also looked at the idea that stress is bad and how we many times create our own stresses. And we also took two weeks to look at how giving is good and how that generosity in our lives is a life changer and how to slowly be in that journey and grow in that area and the blessings that it unlocks in our life in our own heart when we are generous. And today we look at Tomorrow Matters. And what would our lives be like today if you lived in a positive way that affected your tomorrows? Just think of some of the things that are involved in your life in the todays. And if you could kind of get a better handle on that or move in a new direction, how would that affect your tomorrows? And I'm guessing you would be able to anticipate a brighter future or a brighter tomorrow if you make the right changes to today. And uh, we've been looking at it this way or saying it this way. Our tomorrows are much more predictable than we would like to acknowledge. And that's a hard thing for us to kind of come to grips with, especially if we're going through some crazy things in our life, that a lot of the things in our life are predictable. Uh, we can look at how we live today, our todays, and see how they will affect our tomorrows. Um, so many areas... So many things just don't naturally happen. So many things uh, are not uh, like a surprise. We act like they're a surprise. Wow, look what just happened in my life. But actually, if we reflected back on the last month, the last six months, the last years, we could see that we were on a road to that tomorrow. Sometimes we think if we get on the road, and let's say we're on uh, the Interstate Route 90, and we want to go to Albany, but we get on the road and head towards Buffalo, that somehow magically, just about the time we get there, we'll be in Albany instead of Buffalo. It doesn't work that way. Whatever road we're on, whatever destination we're traveling towards, even if it's slow, we are eventually moving towards that destination. So our tomorrows are much, much more predictable than we like to acknowledge. Before we get started, I'd like to play a little game of somebody who really understood this and worked this into their lives. And so let's uh, play this game uh, where I describe a person who makes changes at almost every level to anticipate a brighter future. And uh, let me describe him or her, no calling out, and uh, maybe you'll be in for a big surprise. So this is what this person has said about their life. I go to bed very early, 8.30, because I'm up very early. I think that the decisions that I make always center around what I want to be about, if that makes sense to you. So whether that's what I eat or what decisions I make or whether I drink or don't drink, it always is around that purpose. I want to be the best I can be every day. I want to be the best I can be every week. I want to be the best for those around my life. Uh, I love what I do, and I want to do it for a long time. Who do you think that is? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who said Tom Brady? Oh, unbelievable. 
Maybe it's Tom Brady. It could have actually been this guy. You go, who is this guy? This is Jonathan Edwards. He lived from 1703 to 1758. That means he was 55 years old, which is kind of like, wow, I'm 55. And in his life, he lived it so purposely, you wouldn't think someone back in those time periods would live that purposely, but he and his wife planned out what they ate to, to be healthy, not too much, uh, all these kinds of things, how they, what time they went to bed at night, what time they got, they were very regimented with their life because they saw that how they use today would affect their tomorrow. And then, of course, there is the man, Tom Brady. He definitely lives that way. Uh, he lives in such a way that he wants his tomorrows to be fuller, and whether you like him or not or whatever, you've got to admit, he is very strategic to be 44 this next season and still be able to somewhat do what he wants to do as a quarterback. He's planned all that out. He's lived fully to, to, to live that way. And you may remember this commercial, but this commercial really is a commercial that speaks not to a few things, but it speaks to his whole life. Every single day. Every single day. Every single day. Every single day. Every single day, you are the sum of your training, no matter what. Rule yourself. Now, as a Christ follower, we're going to say we rule ourselves in partnership with God, in partnership with His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. When you and I say yes to Christ, He joins our lives, becomes a part of our life, and we have an opportunity to partner with him for the rest of our life and into eternity. So we have this idea of ruling our life. And again, this whole idea that uh, tomorrow does matter, Uh, our tomorrows are much more predictable than we want to acknowledge. So everything from the way we eat, the way we sleep, what we spend our money on, we've talked about those kinds of things, uh, the way we invest our life, it's very, very pre- predictable. And one little change, one little regular little habit change can have a significant change or impact in our tomorrows. Now I'm going to give you a little piece of information that's maybe a little bit too much personal information, but uh, you would never know this about me, but I have the most beautiful feet. I mean, my feet are stunning, and they weren't always stunning. What I decided to do about six months ago, knew summer was coming, my feet weren't that great, you know, a little cracky, you know, some of us get into that, you know. So what I did is I I got a pumice stone, you know, one of those little stones, and uh, three times a week in the shower, I just went to town on the bottom of my feet, and then three times a week, I'd put some some, uh, Vaseline on my feet, 
And lo and behold, six, eight weeks in, my feet look like baby's feet, you know. And they are so beautiful. I, I got to keep up. I don't want to have you be jealous because if I took my shoes off and my socks off, you'd be like, those are gorgeous feet. Those are handsome feet. I mean, it's so such a problem since he's not here now. I can actually say this part. So much a problem. I keep my feet covered because if Cindy sees them, she just can't keep away from me because they're so gorgeous, my feet. But all that happened... Because every other day, even though it's a hassle, I take that little pumice bone out, go to work, then put some Vaseline on, and wow, gorgeous feet. And the reality is there are so many parts of our life where today matters and it changes our tomorrows. Every single day, you are the sum of your training. You're the sum of your habits. No matter what, you rule yourself. So it's so important that you and I take a look at what's happening today and look at the future and where we want to be because our todays affect our tomorrows, and they shouldn't be a surprise I can guarantee you if I stop doing the pumice stone and I stop doing the Vaseline in a month's time, maybe two months' time, my feet won't be so beautiful anymore. But they are beautiful because every other day I do this little routine. So watch out when you see me in sandals. You're going to say, I want to see your feet. I'm going to say, no, 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 no. But anyway, uh, but uh, again, and it happens, this is so true in so many areas of our life. We look at Tom Brady, and he seems a little bit arrogant, sometimes a little bit cocky, but it's because he's putting all this work in that he actually has a confidence when he faces things that he's going to do it because he's trained himself almost that it's mess. Um, uh, muscle memory, it just happens, but that doesn't happen just by accident. It happens by doing different things in today so our tomorrows are affected. Like, watch this. This one's for you. Phil, it's going to be us all day. Get used to seeing this. Let's go. Now, you might say, wow, that is pretty arrogant. But I almost can guarantee you that he had been, do he, I mean, I don't know how many times he's been practicing his putting game and just getting better and better and better and better, leaving nothing to chance. And likewise, there are things in our life, if we do them today with regularity, it changes tomorrow. And uh, he was being interviewed as he's zipping around the golf cart. And this just gets a great, uh, this other guy asks him a really great question. And this is what he says. Do you ever think, what more have I got to do in the sport? Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to walk away from something that, um, you know, you still feel like you can do and you want to do. So sure. it's not about proving it to others right. what you could do. It's more about proving it to yourself. And I still feel like even though I'll be 44 this year, I still have a chance to still you know, prove it to myself that I can still do that 44 because I've really worked to a point where I can, you know, still do it at this age. Again, he's worked hard. It's no surprise to him that he's going to start quarterbacking as a 44-year-old because he puts the time in. The offseason, he works hard. 
So there's no, there's no surprises. Yes, there could be some other things happen, but he, he's done his part. And that's important, and that's great. But when it comes to our lives and following Christ and how we reflect that and the rhythms of our life, we can be in the same place. Our todays absolutely matter because they impact our tomorrows. So, for example, you really want to grow spiritually, then you do the small thing of spending time with God on a daily basis, five times a week, Sunday's a given, and you get, crack your Bible open whenever it's the best time for you, and you get up or you go, before you go to bed, and you spend 10 or 15 minutes, spend 10 minutes maybe praying, and wow, you do that for a month, two months, three months, and all of a sudden things start to change in your life spiritually. If you just come to Sunday, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not rocket science. Your today's change your tomorrow. So, again, just getting involved in that, it just doesn't happen. Uh, physically fit, uh, if you don't exercise, it's never going to happen. If you don't get out there and do something three times a week, it just isn't going to happen. If you don't avoid certain kinds of foods, it's just not going to happen. Some of us go to the doctor and they say the same thing, wah, 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 and you go, yeah, 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 and then 5, 10, 15 years later, then there's like, this is a problem. And the doctor had been saying it for five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. It's no surprise you shouldn't be going, oh, I can't believe I need I, this has happened. It's no surprise. You've known it. The doctor's known it. Everybody in your life has known it. It's that today actually matters, and it affects our tomorrow. Uh, you want a great marriage, and you're starting out, and you got all the things going on, and it's busy, and all of that. Uh, but uh, you work your marriage into basically just being a business partnership. Uh, you co-parent, and, uh, you know, it's just kind of just busy, busy, busy. But you want a great marriage. Unless you stop and invest in it, it just doesn't happen. If you want to have an engaged marriage, be passionately in love, you can't wait till the kids grow up and get out of your house so it's just you two again, that just doesn't happen. That has to have intentionality. That has to be doing certain things today so it changes our tomorrow. And it's no surprise when someone has been married 25 years, 30 years, and all of a sudden they go, I don't know my spouse. Well, why would you know your spouse? You're just business partners. No surprise there. It shouldn't surprise you. A lot of our life, our tomorrows are very predictable. This one's close to heart. You're a student. And uh, you, you want to get good grades, but you never study. You never work hard. You're, you're smart enough that you can slide by, and you keep doing that, you keep doing that, you keep doing that, and eventually some kind of opportunity, maybe it's a school, maybe it's a program, maybe it's a whatever, and that door is closed. And literally, you could have you known that, you did know that, but now it's caught up with you. These aren't surprises. Today's decisions create tomorrow's experiences. Today's decisions create tomorrow's experiences for yourself. In my life, they create them for myself. They create them for Cindy, our family, and others. Tomorrow is really pretty predictable. Solomon says it this way. 
The wise, the prudent, see danger, evil, trouble ahead, and avoid it. But fools keep going, go straight to it, and get into trouble or are punished. The wise, the prudent, the thinking person sees danger, and they make a course correction. They see, oh, if I keep eating this, this is going to give me clogged arteries. If I put a pound of butter on everything, someday that's going to come up, catch me, and I'm going to have a problem. The wise see that. The prudent see that. Whereas the fools, and when you hear that word fool, it's the idea of the person that's just not, it's not their mental capacity. It's they know right and do wrong. They know about God. They know what God expects. Uh, they may even be a Christ follower, a God-fearing person, but they just keep on going in that direction. And those of us uh, who've been around church world a little bit, have looked at the Bible a little bit, see that God has given us this life, has given us this life to steward, which includes all our resources, our finances, our time, our ability, and all those kinds of things. And if we don't use it well, if we don't steward it well, that's not a good thing. And so that makes us foolish. That actually makes us morally corrupt some degree because we know what God would require from us, and we know even when God requires it from us, it's to have blessing and good things happen in our life to use our life and we say no to it we just keep going in that direction we're on route 90 wanting to go to albany but we're driving to buffalo and we're never going to get to albany unless we turn around and go east it's just not going to happen and then for some of us, and, and we kind of get some comfort from this, is we find other people, and sometimes there are the Christ followers, that are going in the same direction as we're going. And we go, wow, they're doing it too, so let's do it, let's live this way. And you're traveling in that direction, and you're all heading towards the same wall, the same cliff, the same waterfall, whatever, and you're traveling that way, but you kind of feel a little bit more uh, okay about it because you're traveling with a group of people, and they're going to the same place. And uh, that's, that's not a good thing. And you're traveling, and you're going to get into trouble. You're going to get punished for that. So this idea of seeing what's coming. Um, you know, there are things, there are so many things in life that are, that are not unexpected. I've talked a little bit about this, and we're not frantically, but we're, we're looking to try to figure out a way to have an in-law apartment for my parents. We keep looking at houses and never find anything, but we're looking and trying to figure out if we should add on and all these kinds of things. And the reason why is my dad's 90, and my mother is not 90, but she would not like me to say how old she is, so hi, Mom. So uh, she's not 90, a lot younger than my dad, and they're getting to the place where someday they're going to need help. Someday something physical is going to happen to them. It's, it's no surprise, right? I mean, 90 and something else. It's going to happen. So we're in conversation about how to get them to move out here because I said to, I can't be running out to Boston every week, 14-hour round trip, week after week if something happens. It's not that I don't want to be there. It's not that I want so we. So if we can get closer to each other before that ever happens, because it's going to happen, let's do that. And they, that makes sense to us, so we're working on do that. That's not a surprise. There are a lot of things in our life that should not be surprises if we slow down and think about it and uh, understand that. 
Paul says it this way, what a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. So the idea is what you and I plant in our life eventually breaks through the soil and eventually comes up. And whether it's something you want or whether it's something you weed is up to you because you're the planter, you're the farmer of your life. So you shouldn't plant something and expect to get some other kind of vegetable or some other kind of thing. I've shared with you this before, but uh, my dad loves to compost. He loves to do this, and uh, my mom can't stand it. There's this, like, little kettle thing next to the kitchen sink, and it's like this porcelain kind of enamel thing. And, you know, if you open it up, it's kind of gross because there's all kinds of yucky vegetable shaving things off in there. And, and so he loves doing it. He loves it. It's nothing like him getting it out into his little compost pile and, and then, then watching it turn into wormy dirt and then spreading it on places. He takes great delight in that. And, and one year, the front of the lawn, uh, you may have remembered this, uh, it got really bad. So he decided to take all this composting and spread it over the front lawn. And before you knew it, we had pumpkins drawing on the front of our lawn. And my dad thought this was exciting and fun. My mother did not like the pumpkins growing. She didn't like the grass because my dad's not mowing it now, so it looks like a garden with weeds in it and not happy. But again, if you plant pumpkins in your front lawn, even though you want grass, you get pumpkins. Shouldn't be any surprise. This is not rocket scientists. How, what are we planting in our life. And that's not to make you feel bad, it's to make you say, hey, let's change the seeds we're planting. Let's plant something else so we get something else in our life. And we can do that. God gives us the ability to do that, the opportunity to do that. So there's uh, two kinds of tomorrow makers, two kinds of tomorrow makers. And uh, said another way, uh, Proverbs 27, 12, uh, translated this way, says sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but unthinking persons will walk right into it and regret it later on. Again, sensible people, they're, they're taking stock of their life. They're looking down, seeing what's coming on the horizon. They see examples of other people. They're thankful that there are people five years down the road, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, and they look at those people and they say, I want that, I don't want that. I want this piece of life that they have, I don't want that piece. How did they get that? How did that work out? I know there's been times in my life where I've looked at someone who's 10 years older than me, and I say, I want that component that they have in their life. What do I need to plant into my life so that I harvest that 10 years later when I'm their age? What do I do? What didn't they do? How did they use their time? This idea of they see trouble coming and they avoid it, they adjust it. A number of years ago, I read this book. I think it might have been Andy Stanley's book, Principle of the Path, and some of the points are coming from those readings. But uh, I read and... Uh, I was closing in on 50, I think I was like 46 or 45, and, and I looked at life and I said, what do I want my relationship to, with God to be like? What do I want my relationship with my wife to be like? What do I want my relationship with my kids to be like? Uh, the people I work with, my family, and what do I need to do to make those things happen? Where do I invest? How do I plant? How do I live my life? Earlier on, when it came to the three girls, uh, one of the things that I did, and this is no big deal, but one of the things I did is I made sure once a week I went out on a date with one of my daughters. 
And that gave me the fourth freebie. You know, so if I, one weekend it didn't work out or one week it didn't work out, I had four chances to take three girls out in one month. And when we first started out, there were no money dates until the Starbucks came to town, and then Dad was okay with money dates. But uh, we would go anywhere they wanted to go. We would go to bridal shops. David's bridal shop. There I am with like a 10-year-old in there, and she's looking at the dresses. What do you think of this dress? Like, okay, and then you could tell the uh, people working in there going, what is this guy doing here with this 10-year-old? But, you know, it's just, it's just that's where they wanted to go. And then they would say, yeah, I went to the bridal shop. And then I'd be going there, end up going there three times. Uh, go to the pet shop, and if you know me, I'm not a pet guy, so I was fine with going to the pet shop as long as we never brought one home. But we'd go to the pet shop, we'd do all these kinds of things, and that just built things in. And what's nice, I think, give me another five years, uh, the girls actually like coming back to see us. So Father's Day was last week, and they were all here, brought a husband, hoping someday they'll bring two more husbands and all of that. But, you know, it's just, it's just nice. They seemed to, they spoiled on me, and I sent them a little text message, thank you. And one of the girls said, well, Dad, we love you. And I was like, wow, that, I mean, just that little, that's awesome. So, so what you plant is what you get. Now, I have to admit when we lived closer to my parents, I had set out this idea that I would try to get together with my dad for breakfast once a month, 45 minutes away if we met. Did it a couple times, and I, I dropped the ball on that. I wish I had kept doing that. I wish I had, I could have had 5, 10, 12 years of that, but I didn't do that. So what you plan is what you get, and then the time is gone, and you've got what you've grown. So uh, just, again, trying to, trying to figure that out. So Part of this is a wise person understands that life is connected. You understand that it's your actions are connected. You don't do things in a void. You actually, it, it happens. Um, it's, it, there's, a, there's a connection to life and what you do. Uh, that idea of sensible uh, can also be translated. Uh, if you were translating this passage in, in you know, in a, with, into an African language, you might say the person has ripe eyes. Isn't that interesting thinking about that? They see their ripe eyes. Their eyes have developed. They see what's coming. They understand that. So they see trouble coming, and then they avoid it. Also, along with this, is the road I'm on always determines where I end up. We've talked about that a little bit. It sounds like rocket science at first, but it really isn't. You're driving this way. That's where you're going to end up. That's where I'm going to end up. Most of my life is because I've driven in a certain direction. I've traveled this way, and that's where I'm going. Yes, there are certain things that surprise us, certain things that come out of the blue, but even knowing that you can expect the unexpected should be a part of your thinking. Uh, you, you, you look and you look at your world and go, hey, this is happening, but this is also possible. This could happen. And, and you kind of build that in, but you're traveling in a direction. The road, if you're going this way, that's where you're going. You can't think you're traveling this way and you're going to end up over here. It just doesn't work that way. Also, a part of this, it's often the small things that no one sees that results in the tomorrows that everyone wants. Uh, some of you guys, I'm jealous with your woodworking skill. 
And if you told me about that and I said, so how did that happen? You wouldn't say, I just woke up one day and I could do woodworking. You would say, you know, when I was 16, 17, I started doing these things. Then I was 18, did this, 20, did this, and now I'm 30 and did this. And, and, and you developed that. And, and I didn't see you doing that. I see the finished product. Wow, you can do that. It's funny, I have a friend come over to the house every time and something doesn't work. And my joke with him is, I guess we need a new whatever. Like the... the, the Toilet thingy in there isn't working right. He comes over. I go, what? I need a whole new bathroom, right? He goes, no, you just need to tighten this thing up because I just don't know those things. How do you? Time and time again, the small things. There are people in your life that you want their life, you want their skill, you want their ability, you want their spirituality, and you don't realize that there were small little things on a regular basis that they did over and over and over again. Some of them went through extremely hard times. I have some friends, and you would look at their life, and you go, I want that life. They've been married. They got married young. Kids love each other, success. But if you peeled back the you'd know they went through some really hard times to get there. Sometimes we want the end product without what it took. Um, Again, back to spiritual life, um, you know, again, you know, I hate saying these things that I not want to ever come across like I'm patting myself on the back, but, you know, I, I've learned earlier on if I'm going to spend time with God, real time with God, I have to get up early. I have to get up early before anybody else is moving in the house. So that means right now i got to get up at 4.30 in the morning, every morning. Cindy gets up at 5 because she's going to be out the door at 6.15, so I have to get up First of all, I have to have the coffee ready for her. See, that's also going down a certain road. But I have to have the coffee ready for her. I'm ready to go. But I've got to get up early to get the things done I need to do to spend time. And then that has a compounding effect on our lives. It gives us an insight. And so whatever that thing is, people don't see the small things that you did to get to where you are. In Zechariah 4.10, we read, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work Begin. This is when they came back to Israel, and they're trying to rebuild the temple. They, some of them knew what Solomon's temple looked like. They saw the new temple, and it wasn't going to be as beautiful, or it, just, it was just starting to lay the foundation. And some of the old-timers were complaining about the glory days and blah, 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 blah. And God says, you know, don't despise the small things. It starts with building a foundation. I am happy to see the work begin. So wherever you're at, whatever you see, whatever you see, your tomorrow's, your desired tomorrow, it starts with small things. It starts with biteable, chewable pieces that you can actually digest, and that is the way it works. Some of you have seen something like this, but tomorrow, today's thoughts become your words. Words become your actions. Actions become your habits. Habits become tomorrow's words. That's the way it works. It starts in your mind, starts in your heart. You start articulating it, start saying it, starts to become your actions here and there. Then it becomes your way of life, a habit, and then it actually becomes your life. So going back to that person that can build just about anything, it started with those habits, actions, thoughts. I want to build that. I want to try that. And it's now their world. And that, in a sense, ship has sailed for me, but it's been a whole lifetime when you come alongside someone like that and they've got 
whatever going on. It's a lifetime of building that. So if you're younger, get going. Build those things. If you're older, you still don't have to be stagnant. You can grow. They've done studies where people that are like 100 years old can start lifting weights and doing certain things, and it starts strengthening their body. It starts strengthening their, and they physically get better. So at any age, any stage, you can do. And don't find the one exception. Some of us remember George Burns. Remember him? Anytime I see him in my mind, I see him glasses, cigar, scotch or something in his other hand, right? It was like his trademark. And he lives to be, I don't know, 100 and something. And we go, wow, well, if George Burns can, you know, be rough on his body like that, I guess, I guess that's okay for me. Well, that's not true. He's the exception. Just imagine if he hadn't been rough on his body, he might still be alive today. He might be 150 years old. I don't know. But you get the idea about uh, the, the patterns of life and what happens. So the unwise person lives as if life is disconnected. They, they live like it doesn't happen. I see something happen or I can do this over here and it doesn't affect this over here. That is absolutely not true. Not true. What you do, sometimes your most private, whatever you're doing, will eventually become public. It overflows into everyone, into out inside, into life. It will affect your life. You'll regret it later. And the, option, the idea here is we want to live with as, the least amount of regrets as possible. Private decisions can have tomorrow implications. We need to be aware of that. Uh, today is a rehearsal for tomorrow. Uh, just that idea. Some of us don't like our job, but don't realize that you are interviewing for your next job the way you perform your current job. You don't know that. You don't know what could happen. So these situations where someone works hard at a dead-end job, does it with a good attitude, does it in a right way, and all of a sudden they discover somebody else finds out about that and then hires them, and they, it was, they didn't realize they were, always, they were interviewing for a bigger, larger, more satisfying job. You're always, in a sense, interviewing for those kinds of things as you live and walk through life. We all know people who would give anything to rewind what they've done. And they played the fool. They thought this would not connect with that. Everybody ends up somewhere, but very few end up somewhere on purpose. Just kind of seem to be just kind of going with the flow. And you end up somewhere, but it wasn't on purpose. Where the flip side is true is you and I can connect our actions and end up into the place that we want. Discipline is choosing between what you want now, today, and what you want most tomorrow. And sometimes we let the now and the moment eclipse the tomorrow, and we miss out. Last night... Uh, was Waterloo's graduation. A lot of you had graduations, and the, and the principal of Waterloo High School um, had uh, little ice creams for all of us who had participated in it, little pint ice creams and uh, these little high-end things. And uh, uh, she said uh, to Cindy and I, make sure you take two so you don't fight over the one. 
oh, that's, I guess we'll have to take two. So we get home, you know, it's like 9 o'clock or later, you know, we got to pick some stuff up, and we're getting ready to eat our ice cream, and uh, I got uh, some kind of a coffee chip thing, which was unbelievable. But I knew what I would do if I took the whole pint. I would eat the whole pint. So with a little bit of a discipline, knowing I didn't want to eat all those calories, I scooped half of it into a bowl, put the lid on, and put it in the fridge or freezer. And lo and behold, I didn't eat it all. You see, even though I wanted to eat it all, even though I could have eaten it all, I didn't do that this time. And so that is now what I want tomorrow. So I need to do that more and more and more. So my, can be as beautiful as my feet. But anyway, enough of that. So why do I stop doing, why do, how do I stop doing or making dumb decisions? Now, I hesitated using the word dumb because when I was growing up, words like dumb, stupid, shut up were swear words in our house. You weren't allowed to say them, and we carry that over into our house. But I didn't want to just say unwise decisions. I wanted to, we're adults, I wanted to say sometimes we make really dumb, bad decisions. So a couple ideas here. First of all is to pursue wisdom. Engage with wisdom, look for wisdom, hunt for wisdom. Solomon says this, and again, it's interesting. This is Proverbs 3, very familiar with 5 and 6, 8 and 9, and now we're in 13 and 15. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. The idea is go for wisdom and uh, go for it, find it, study it, see what the wise thing is to do, and it is so valuable. It's so much more than knowledge. It's just not knowing. When you and I pursue wisdom, we see it and we incorporate it into our lives, and we find out that it is so valuable. Everyone in this room has had a moment where they've taken wisdom and they've, uh, they've, they've pursued it and then they've gone ahead and applied it and it has been fantastic. Sometimes you'll hear someone say, that was the best decision I ever made as they applied that wisdom. The returns have been unbelievable. In the moment, they felt like they were sacrificing. They were, felt like they were denying, giving up, but it actually were unbelievable returns in their life. Long life is in the right hand. In her left hand are riches and honors. Her ways are pleasant and her paths are peace. Interesting. A lot of times when we think about doing the right thing, doing the God-honoring thing, we think we're going to give something up. It will cost us. We're denying ourselves. It takes something away when the opposite is true. Wisdom God's ways are pleasant, and they bring peace. Remember one of the weeks we talked about a lot of times we decide ourselves into stressful situations? This is the opposite. We decide ourselves into the absence of stress, the fulfillment of peace in our life. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Hold of her. Hold on. Those who hold her will fa- hold her fast will be blessed. 
And then I know about you, but when I think about this, I go, then why am I so inconsistent? Why do I know these things and I don't do these things? Why do I get up one morning early and I read my Bible and I'm really aware of God's presence in my life and he really speaks to me and I I start my day and and I see the pieces fall together and then the next morning I'm like, oh, maybe I want to watch the news. Maybe I want to look at Facebook. What happened overnight? And I put it off. Why is that? Why am I so consistent? I'm sure none of you are this way. Paul puts it this way, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate, that conflict. If, if Paul can have that conflict, then you and I shouldn't be surprised by that conflict. We want to do, we have the desires to do the right thing, we want to be traveling in the right direction, but why is this this pull to travel in another direction? Reading on, for I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. You say, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. I've said yes to Christ. We still have to deal with the after effects of being fallen. Heaven, eternity, new heavens and new earth. That's where we'll experience a sinless existence. Personally and in our world, there'll be no effects of sin. But in the here and now, we're still wading through it. The longing to do what is right is within me, but the willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So, if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity. We sang about that. Doing it, but the unwelcomed intruder of sin hindering me from who from being who I really am. That sin nature, the ripple effects, is still a part of your life. Uh, sometimes we look at little kids who go, oh, they're so innocent and everything. But no, no, you, you never had to teach your kids to smack somebody. You never had to teach your kids to take something. That is hardwired into us. And yes, positionally, when we say yes to Christ, we are forgiven. Our sin is not held against us, but we're still in cleanup mode. He's in cleanup mode. That's why we have this word called sanctification, working out my salvation. But I love what verse 24 says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I can relate to that. I'm at the end of my rope. There's no, is there no one who can do anything for me? Is, isn't that the real question? And then we read, the answer, thank God, is Jesus Christ, can and does. Peter writes about, we have everything at our fingertips within ourselves to live the spiritual life through Christ. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but I'm pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. You know, most of us, even those of us who would say, yes, I'm a Christ follower, are more interested in a principle or a program than a person. And when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to our relationship with God, the fact that Jesus died for our sins, forgiveness, rose again, he's offering himself. We have the Holy Spirit that joins our life. Yes, principles are good. Yes, programs are good. But it's actually the person of Jesus Christ in our life that makes the difference. 
It's just not getting our marching orders if we do our devotions in the morning and then we just go through our day with these principles, concepts in our eyes. No, it's going through the day with the presence of God himself in the day. That's how we work through the idea of our contradictions. And then it actually is possible for us to rule ourselves in the moment for today. It's actually possible because your world, your tomorrow is the sum of your habits. So we, we want that, but we have God in our life. We're letting him, we're complimenting what he wants to do in our life. And we're able to navigate all the things we have to do and be in the things that come across our path. So wrapping things up really practically, what do you want most tomorrow? What do you want? A week from now, how would you like yourself to be functioning? Tomorrow, how would you like to yourself to be functioning? What, what do you need to do? What, what, what do you desire? What do you desire from your tomorrow? Because once you can articulate, once you can write out, fill in the blank there, I want this to be a part of my life. Don't write 100 things, two or three. Maybe one's plenty. Let your answer be, or answer be informed by God in your life. And then the natural question is, what do you need to do today to have what you want most tomorrow? What is it? For some of you, that means go to bed early tonight so you can wake up as fresh as possible and spend 15 minutes with God before you start your Monday. So whatever that time is, it means go to bed at 10, 9, I don't know, whatever, whatever your schedule is so you can do that. So I want most a closer relationship with God. It's not going to happen any other way but spending time with him. Think of someone you dated. Think of your spouse, the way you got to know your spouse better, even after you're married, is by spending time. Can't just wish that, dream that. Same thing with God. Whatever that may be, maybe it's a financial thing. Maybe what, whatever it is, what do I want most and what do I need to do tomorrow to start moving in that direction? For our tomorrows are made up of what we do repeatedly in our todays. Our tomorrows are made up of what we do repeatedly in our todays. So the choice is yours. It doesn't take a huge amount of anything. It's just a choice. What am I going to do? How am I going to see change in my life that affects the long term? How am I going to discover less is more? How am I going to see that stress is bad? Giving is good, and tomorrow really does matter, so I need to pay attention to the todays. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for the way you speak into our lives. I think of my friends here, and there's lots of things going through our minds as we hear a message like this. We think of the tomorrows we dream about, and then we, then we say, man, I've gone down that road before, and it just seems to never happen. But, Father, I would just ask that uh, whatever that struggle is, whatever that tomorrow opportunity is, folks would think about the todays. And they don't have to have a principle. They don't have to have a program. They can have you walking with them minute by minute through their day. And if there's somebody here today that uh, doesn't really know you, has not said yes to you, so they only have 
principles and programs. I pray that today would be the day they say, right there where they're sitting, Lord, come into my life. I say yes to you. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for putting me on a new path. I look forward to a bright tomorrow of just in the here and now, but a bright tomorrow of eternity in your presence on a new heavens and a new earth. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your patience. But Lord, infuse us with the desire to live our todays for a different tomorrow. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.